My name is John Cullen, and I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and curling. It's the story of Broomgate, how a single broom, yes, a broom, turned friends into foes and almost killed the 500-year-old sport of curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate, available now. You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production in association with City News. If you asked a random Canadian voter about Alberta Premier Jason Kenney, the answers you'd get back would mostly amount to he's the definition of a right-wing prairie conservative. I'm reasonably sure that Kenney himself would agree with that. However, if you ask members of his own right-wing conservative prairie party, a whole bunch of them would call him something else. And they wouldn't be kind about it either. The question of how many people in Kenny's United Conservative Party are angry at him right now can best be summed up by pointing out that Kenny himself agreed to move up a review of his leadership to this month. And then, as his party planned for it, well... The vote to determine the fate of Premier Jason Kenney's leadership of the UCP has been changed from an in-person vote to mail-in ballots. That sudden change comes after thousands signed up to vote. Meanwhile, Kenny has been caught on tape in private party meetings, calling a bunch of members of his own party kooks and claiming that he is standing in the way of lunatics trying to take over the asylum. It wasn't long ago that Kenny was the conservative darling. He left Ottawa, he returned to Alberta, he united the conservatives under one party, and they took down the NDP in a blowout election win. So what happened since 2019? What happens now as the leadership review results come in? What happens to the United Conservative Party? And what happens in the next election? because of all of this. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Jason Markasoff is a staff writer for McLean's, based in Alberta, where absolutely nothing weird is going on in politics. Hi, Jason. Good day. Can you tell me, in general, how things uh, are going in the Alberta political landscape right now? Uh, Not so smoothly? Especially not if you're Jason Kenney. Yeah. It hasn't been smooth for quite a while for Jason Kenney. It's been more than a year um, that we've had people basically openly calling for his uh, his ouster. And that includes members of caucus, uh, you know, who may have been talking on the down low now, talking openly. Presidents of riding associations throughout the province seem to you know, be a pretty decent critical mass, if not a majority. Certainly a majority of the province doesn't like him. Uh, Trust levels, approval levels seem to be stuck around the 30s. And uh, within his party, well, I guess we'll see when there's actually a leadership review result. We'll talk about that result uh, coming up and whether or not people will get his head. But I first have to ask, you know, before we get into that stuff, how did we get here? It's not that long ago, 2019, Jason Kenney rode back into Alberta, took the province back in a massive victory. Like, he was a... he was a conservative hero back then. That was not not that long ago. Yeah, he had an outright majority of Albertans voting for him. You know, about three quarters of the seats his party won. 
he seemed to have locked things up. He'd united the old progressive conservatives and Wild Rose Party, the Unite the Right, to you know, easily oust the Rachel Notley NDP uh, after one term. COVID and a few other uh, things uh, that came with that, including uh, a deep oil crash, oil price crash, and job issues, really helped show how tenuous that unity was among conservatives, mm-hmm. especially when Jason Kenney had spent several months uh, during the second wave, third wave, and fourth wave of the pandemic dumping on vaccine mandates, dumping on mask mandates, preaching liberty, preaching uh, free choice and personal responsibility, having to turn around and then in all those cases having to impose mask mandates, um, vaccine rules just to prevent our hospitals from getting into deep trouble, having to triage patients away from ICU because they were too full. That really upset a lot of people who believed in his libertarian streak. That has really helped further uh, the cause of people uh, who don't like him, don't trust him, don't want him there, want somebody who won't be so attentive to uh, the public health dictates, people who will get firmer action against Trudeau. It's it's a funny place we're in right now, but uh, Jason Kenney is, uh, is appealing to moderates within the conservative uh, umbrella to save his bacon. You mentioned moderates, you mentioned Wild Rose and the former Conservative Party. Maybe if you could, as we talk about the leadership review, just quickly sketch out sort of the factions that are fighting over this. It's probably too easy to say just rural and urban are the two factions, um, but that's probably just a a, a neat shorthand for it. Mm -hmm. The Wild Rose Party was a largely rural, pretty hardline, hard-edged conservative, very anti-Ottawa, very grassroots movement. Jason McKinney emerged them with the more urban, more moderate, more centrist progressive conservatives uh, that had governed Alberta for more than 40 years until being dumped by Rachel Notley. He united them by, by the lure of power. And then once they were in power, he gave people on both sides of that coin reason to be disillusioned. Some of his, uh, his moves on defending the oil sector from environmental criticism, uh, curriculum reform, and some of his, uh, his tack on COVID had really alienated the urban moderates. And then him eventually abandoning that tack on the pandemic and imposing rules had alienated him and developed a distrust uh, in him among the uh, hardliners, old wild rose types, and just people who really believed in liberty. And, uh, you know, people who were more supportive of the convoy arguments, the anti-vax crowd, um, they got really animated. And so he has people in both camps and MLAs in both camps wanting his head now. And so there's a leadership review happening, which was, I understand it, originally supposed to take place in full this weekend, but the plan has been broadened. Can you kind of just explain what's going to happen to him? Sure. Uh, What was supposed to happen was on April 9th, Saturday, in Red Deer, which is the city in between Calgary and Edmonton, kind of the big central Alberta uh, hub, there was supposed to be a special general meeting just held for the purposes of holding a leadership review for Jason Kenney. It's very unusual. They were supposed to have this leadership review originally in the fall of 2022 uh, during an annual general meeting, during a regular convention like other parties do. Kenney, under pressure from uh, people who wanted his head, moved the leadership review into this special general meeting in April 2022, a full year ahead of the spring 2023 general election. So the party, if they wanted to get rid of their leader, would have time to replace him and find a new leader. And the idea behind this was that they'd have a few thousand people registering for this leadership, having holding memberships, paying $100 to 
vote in person in Red Deer, up or down, yes or no, keep Jason Kenny or don't keep him. Thing was, there was a whole lot more interest in this leadership review than the party or than Kenny expected. There were 15,000. Mm-hmm. And there was no way you could fit 15,000 people into that Red Deer Convention Hall. Nor was there a way to get 15,000 people to physically vote over a few hours span in person. So the April 9th in-person Red Deer vote was out the window um, based on sheer logistics. Right. One. And two, Jason Kenney knew if there were thousands and thousands of more people than he expected voting, uh, registering to vote for this thing, those people were probably not uh, champing at the bit to keep him in power. Right. So this created a both logistical challenge and a political challenge for Jason Kenney and uh, this leadership review. So instead of having a big in-person vote April 9th, April 9th is the technical launch date of a mail-in vote uh, where people will get ballots mailed to them and they'll mail them back and then an accounting firm will count the ballots and then we'll get a result not until May 18th now. The other thing that's worked, uh, that's changed in this is that it's not just people who are willing to spend $100 and head to Red Deer who are voting now. It's anybody in the party. So instead of 15,000 people, it's about 30,000 or more people who already hold memberships in the party and the new signups who are all voting. So Jason Kenney has effectively doubled the uh, potential uh, voter pool for him to uh, get supporters in. And I imagine the most vocal among his opponents are totally fine with him changing the rules of the leadership review and have no problems with this whatsoever and will abide by the decision no matter what it is, right? That's a nice thing to think. And Jason Kenney would love to think that too, but I think he, his idealism does not extend to that uh, way of thinking. Even before this happened, and there were there was whispers of this, people who were in the openly anti-Kenny camps were crying foul, saying he's going to rig the rules to suit him. And this our allegation of him rigging the rules to suit him and uh, using tricks to uh, get advantage in a leadership contest is not without merit. There remains an ongoing RCMP investigation into how he campaigned and won the 2017 United Conservative Leadership Race to get this job as leader of his party. There was an ongoing RCMP investigation, one for which he was just interviewed a few months ago uh, by the Mounties, into uh, how his campaign allegedly uh, used voter ID potentially fraudulently to get people's digital uh, IDs to vote on this digital leadership contest. Not only was there that RCMP investigation into voter identification fraud, there was also a good body of evidence suggesting that Jason Kenney put up a whole extra candidate or supported this whole extra candidate, uh, Jeff Calloway, in that leadership campaign, who existed pretty much exclusively to kneecap his chief rival in that contest, Brian Jean. And guess what? Brian Jean is still around politics. He left for a while, but he's back. He... uh, actually has just won a by-election as a United Conservative member back in Fort McMurray, where he used to be, up in the northeast of Alberta. And he is pretty much a one-issue candidate, and his one issue is getting rid of Jason Kenney and replacing him. This is some impressive palace intrigue, I I have to say, um, even by the standards of Alberta Conservatives. But the other thing that I want to ask you about, which, which I also found fascinating, is that Kenny recently spoke pretty candidly about the hardcore base of his party, um, a base of which I, I would have assumed months ago that he was part of. 
For those who didn't hear about this, can you sort of outline what he said and the the stance that he's taking? Yeah. So in late March, the same week that they announced this mail-in ballot process, uh, Jason Kenney spoke to staff members in the legislature, in his government caucus, and somebody was recording. So we found out what he said. And among the many things he said was that this party has a lot of kooky people in it uh, who think really rogue things. And quote, lunatics are trying to take over the asylum. He's basically saying that there's a bunch of people who've gotten to the party or who are members of the party who are nuts Mm -hmm. and want to take the party to an radical direction. And if they get rid of him, that happens. This was not meant for a general audience, this, uh, this message. Uh, he's certainly tried to walk back the lunatics comment since. But the overall theme of it, that there's a bunch of, uh, of unhinged radicals um, who've joined the party to try to take him out and want to find somebody more radical... That is his new line. Right. Um, that is basically his last best argument, it seems, to keep him in power. There are all these, the anti-vaxxers, the hardcore convoy crowd, um, the anti-maskers, the lunatics, basically, are wanting to oust him. And he's the only thing keeping Alberta in check and uh, as a rational uh, governing force. He's asking one segment of his party the more moderate members, the more reasonable members of his party, to save Alberta from another segment of his party, the quote-unquote lunatics. There will be some people out there who you know, might not have been keen to vote for him, like him or not, uh, who may be animated by this and may, may cast a ballot to save him anyway, because better the devil you know than the devil you don't. But I am sure that a lot of those hard-edged people, the people who might think he's calling them lunatics, calling them a basket of deplorables, I can imagine that they will be even more hell-bent on getting rid of him than they were before. If you'd been making odds a couple of years ago, uh, how unlikely would you have made the Jason Kenney blasts far-right conservatives pick? I mean, it it seems incredibly um, against type. Absolutely. Uh, Jason Kenney's background is unique in Canadian politics. Sometimes you have fiscal conservatives, sometimes you have social conservatives. Jason Kenney's background is in both. He was always the more one of the more conservative members of Stephen Harper's cabinet. Um, he was unabashedly conservative and right-wing and pro-oil, anti-green policy, anti-Ottawa, anti-Trudeau, anti-progressive uh, you know, curriculum, anti-moderation for a long time in politics, in his running for the leadership of the Conservative, United Conservatives, and as Premier, he's been that to a pretty good extent. Now that he's having to run a game away from that, is that tricky? But he's also doing that, and he's trying to play some of those same notes and play some of the best of for those crowd. Hmm. You know, he'll send tweets out bashing the uh, Toronto elites who run the Toronto Globe and Mail for a story he didn't like. He'll put up uh, some ill-considered Will Smith meme where reality slaps Chris Rock labeled green energy policies. So he's still catering to the people who, you know, to a lot of uh, Canadians might be seen as lunatics or hardline conservatives. But he's trying to set the bar at him as a sane conservative and people who don't like him as lunatic conservative. I don't know if you have an answer to this, but uh, what do the people that you talk to or any numbers that we've seen say about his chances of 
retaining his job. I know that when it was going to be an in-person uh, vote, as you mentioned, it looked really, really unlikely. Do we know anything now about the likely outcome? It's really hard to gauge. I mean, I wouldn't have totally ruled out him eking out a win uh, in Red Deer. He's still a very good organizer. He's working really hard at this. A lot of his senior staff from the premier's office have taken leave to run. It's sort of like you know a general election where there's just a, a relative shell of a premier's office running the show, running the the, the province, and uh, a whole bunch of them are working on full time on saving his bacon. Mm. He's still a county organizer. He has the membership list of all these UCP members, so he's he's having phone banks. He's actually they basically basically voluntold all uh, political staff in his minister's offices and in caucus staff to work phone banks a few weekends ago. Um, he is still fighting for this. And between his hard efforts and uh, what people allege are, you know, might be dirty tricks that he pulls, he could still win this. But victory is a very relative thing. Jason Kenney's talked about that all he needs is 50% plus one vote to re- remain as leader, which is technically true, but you know, realistically not. Mm-hmm. Um, because if he has only half of his party membership supporting him, that's that's going to just fracture the party. People are going to leave en masse. He'll ha- lose caucus members. You can't go forward uh, leading half of your membership into battle and they're half wanting your head. Conventionally, the threshold you need is well over 70% of your party supporting you to function as leader. In 2006, when Ralph Klein faced the leadership review and got 55%, he knew he was done. He left a few weeks later. Or he, he announced he was going to resign a few weeks later. Hmm. So if Jason Kenney gets a strong, solid 70%, which is possible, maybe unlikely, but possible, um, he could stay in power. Um, if he gets in the 50s, um, he probably has to leave. Um, and if he stays, uh, it's going to be with a very, very, very fractured party. In fact, even if he does get a strong result, there are still those people in the party who are so cynical, so skeptical about his uh, his politicking ways uh, that they won't trust about the vote. And so they'll want to leave. It's hard to see a scenario where Jason Kenney comes out of this with a strong United Conservative Party. Well, the last thing I want to ask you about is the election scheduled for next spring. But first, just because we've kind of been dancing around this question, and it seems obvious now, like Jason Kenney brought the Conservative Party in Alberta together. It was split for a long time. Um, What are the chances that it can sustain itself through this? Like, won't we just see uh, a new version of a Wild Rose Party? Quite possibly. It's really going to depend on who the next leader is, what kind of leader the next person is. And this is one of the grand questions of Alberta politics. If not Jason Kenney, then whom? I mentioned Brian Jean. He's, uh, you know, he said he's going to run for leader. The previous Wild Rose Party leader, Danielle Smith, has stepped forward as wanting to run if Jason Kenney is out as well. I don't know if either of those people are going to be this big galvanizing unifying force. I don't know if either of them can actually win. And I don't know if there are any cabinet ministers who are quietly uh, preparing bids in case Jason Kenney loses who are going to be able to unite these uh, very divided factions either. It's going to be very tricky. The only thing that's going to keep this party together is what kept it together in this time, and that's fear of the NDP government. Where do we stand in terms of the fear of an NDP government? Um, I mean, obviously, they must be salivating at the prospect of the UCP breaking up. But beyond that, and beyond whether it's Kenny or Brian Jean or somebody else, 
What do we know right now about the chances of the UCP staying in power? Are they as unpopular as Kenny has become? They have been. Things seem to have shifted in the last few months. For the better part of a year, uh, throughout pretty much all of 2021 and into 2022, um, the NDP were ahead in the polls. Um, It was seeming like a certain victory for Rachel Notley for quite a while. Things have shifted in the last few months. Jason Kenney has come even or even slightly ahead, depending on which poll you're looking at. And that's largely because Alberta's budget is balanced. Oil prices are close to $100, and that's done wonders for Alberta's uh, fiscal situation. Also, that irritant of vaccine mandates, mask rules, public health protections, the ones that were really riling his conservative base, those are gone. Uh, COVID's allowed to, uh, given the run of the province now, hmm. and that's really turning those people who uh, were really hell-bent on being furious with Jason Kenney and the people who are more willing to tolerate uh, Jason Kenney or Lisa's party. So it's no longer a, sure, a seemingly sure thing that Rachel Notley is going to win this next election. A lot will depend on how strong and how sturdy the United Conservative Party is. I don't think it's Jason Kenney's or UCP's to lose right now, but they certainly retain a fighting chance, especially with Alberta um, in a much stronger uh, financial situation. And I guess we'll find out what the UCP will look like going into that election in about six weeks or now so, Jason? Yep. Okay, well, we might check back in with you then. In the meantime, stay safe out there. Thanks for joining us. All right, cheers. Jason Markasoff, staff writer at McLean's. That was the big story. For more, you can head to thebigstorypodcast.ca. You can talk to us anytime on Twitter at TheBigStoryFPN. And of course, email us, TheBigStoryPodcast, all one word, at rci.rogers.com. You can find this podcast in any podcast player you prefer. You can ask your smart speaker to play The Big Story Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. We'll talk tomorrow.